You are listening to our Southside Baptist Church podcast. For more audio content, please refer to our website. This is baptistchurch.com. Well, amen. Y'all can be seated since I am today. You never know what a week will hold. Um, I guess I'm like Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith said, I'm, I'm chill. <laughs> I'm here. So I'm thankful for that. Um, last, uh, last week, uh, I'll be honest with you, I've been, I've been battling for a while. I didn't tell anybody. I was having trouble breathing. Sheila knew it. Uh, was having shortness of breath. My one grandfather died when I was 59, I mean when he was 59, and then my other grandfather died when he was 72. So both my grandparents, most, both of my grandfathers died of heart attacks. Uh, but I felt like I was in good shape and didn't have anything to worry about, so I just kind of, you know, didn't think anything. I knew something was wrong. I was a paramedic for years, drove an ambulance, worked with an ambulance service four years, field medical officer. I used to teach CPR. I knew something was wrong, but to be honest with you a little bit, I didn't care. Uh, I just was kind of at a little bit of a low place. Uh, buried one of my best friends this year. Just, I don't know, you know, I just uh, wasn't really thinking and worried about my health. Uh, finally, this past Tuesday, I went to the cardiologist and went for, um, uh, you know, a consultation, and he ended up... Uh, the more he talked to me, the more he said, look, let's do some echocardiogram, let's do a stress EKG. When I was on the stress EKG, I was hurting really bad. And finally I told her, I said, I, I, I don't think I can finish. And at that point, she said, something's wrong with your heart, sit down immediately. And then the doctors and them came running over and I ended up in the heart cath and they found um, 90 to 95, nine, 90 to 99% blockage in the what they call the widow maker the lower descending artery so uh, when i looked at it uh, when i was in the heart cath they have a t you're looking at a monitor it's just an unbelievable experience in many ways dr waterer baptist hospital heart they were just unbelievable at one time there were three chaplains there i said you know it's not good when you got three chaplains standing there but um my, it did not look like you had kind of pinched the artery off. It looked like you had done this. You had just closed it up. And I think in a lot of ways that even the doctor did not realize, maybe his question was, how was he even alive? You know, and so I, you know, I give the Lord all the glory. Uh, God alone is worthy of praise. And uh, I titled this message today, Have You Ever Had a From, from Now On Moment? from now on moment. And it comes from a song that is sung in the, uh, in the great uh, showman with uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, I, I love that guy anyway, just tremendous actor. But let me explain, and then we're gonna show you a short video. Hugh Jackman had a cancer cut off of his face, and actually it's off of his nose. And he is getting ready to play the part, the main role of this movie called The Greatest Showman. And so the producer has over 800 people involved in this movie, movie 
and he's trying to get them there for some sense of a rehearsal in New York City. Hugh Jackman calls him and tells him, he says, listen, I've had a cancer cut off my face, off my nose. My doctor has told me, do not sing. You don't even need to go. And the producer said, man, if you don't show, I'm not gonna, everybody else is not gonna show up. And so Hugh Jackman flies to New York City and they are doing one of the main songs. Now Hugh Jackman is told that you can stand up and you can mouth, but just, just pretend. And so this song from now on, now I want to read to you before you hear this, this is what he's singing from now on. And I want to ask you, have you had a from, from now on moment in your life? The song, the lyrics, the first part of it. I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who is there for him when the glitter fades, the walls won't hold. Because from then, rubble, what remains, can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained. I want you to listen to this, because it led me back to you. From now on, these eyes will not be blinded from the light. From now on, What's waited till tomorrow starts tonight, tonight. Let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart from now on, from now on. Play that video and just let's watch a little bit of it together. I'll tell you when to stop it. Amy and Emily were talking in the kitchen Christmas Day and... Uh, we were, they were all singing this, and there's another song. And they were all singing in the kitchen and jumping around. And, and uh, somebody said, why can't church be this way? And everybody smiled and looked at each other and said, South Side is. You know. Let me read to you again. I know you couldn't hear a lot of it. I just wanted you to see the passion and the intensity of a man trying to hold back. He said, if all was lost, there's more I gained cause it led me back to you. And for me, I, I've just, I've been a little down. I keep a lot of that to myself. Uh, you know, preachers counsel a lot of people, but they don't need no counseling. But anyway, um, I, to be honest with you, I made the statement to Ledge, and sometimes I didn't know whether I wanted to live, whether I just wanted to go on to heaven. And, uh, you know, the world is not a very good place right now. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, just kind of been dealing. It's been a few years, though, and I guess. But with all that said, I made a, I, I said to God, I prayed this prayer over and over again. I said, God, I know you're getting ready to deal with me. And Sheila can vouch for this. I know you're getting ready to deal with me. I ask that you not do it through my family or the people that I love. I ask that you do it through my health. And God did. But I go back to this statement, if all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. And I have to ask you a question this morning. 
Have you ever had a from now on moment? Because this is a this for me was a from now on moment. This has changed my life. But have you had that moment? Has there something that has affected your life? You know, I thought about this, Eric Rogers. I thought about um, I thought about alignments. You know, uh, Eric is uh, I was bragging on him yesterday, Mister uh, Goodwrench, when it comes to mechanics. But, you know, sometimes your vehicle, your car gets out of line. Do you know what I'm talking about? It starts pulling to the right, it pulls to the left. It's not going straight anymore. If you take your hands off of it, it's going one way or the other. A lot of times it's because you've been hitting a lot of potholes, running, if you've been driving around Jackson Roach, <laughs> you know, this is a, a kamikaze course around here. But anyway, you know, your car gets out of alignment, the alignment gets off, it's spiritually, it's out of line. And I think sometimes that's what happens to us. We get spiritually, our spiritual alignment is no longer looking toward Jesus. It's not fixed toward Jesus. We find ourselves, we start getting beat up by the world, knocked around, dodging the, the potholes, going through the difficulties of life, and all of a sudden we realize something. I'm no longer aligned. I am spiritually, I need a spiritual alignment. And for some of us, hey, if you're lucky, you get to go through what I went through. If you're lucky. You know how many people have told me that? Man, you were lucky. Is that really true of a Christian? You think we're lucky? We're always blessed. My dad, my dad's one of the most brilliant men I've ever known. My dad and I were at a point in his life where he had a from now on moment. His from now on moment cost him a scar from the back of his ear all the way down his neck, down his chest. My dad's from now on moment came when a doctor looked at him and said, you have cancer and it's a bad kind. And I watched my dad change. You know, Ledge asked me something. He, he and I were talking. He said, you know, Dad, he said, how do you get, he said, I want that comforting voice when I'm preaching and teaching. He said, how do you get that? He said, you comfort. How you get it? Brokenness. A.W. Tozer said, I doubt God will use a man greatly until he breaks him deeply. Let me read a passage of scripture, say a couple of things. I won't keep, I won't keep you long. My, my problem is not so much the stent and the widowmaker. My problem is the medications that I'm on. So, uh, but anyway, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 31. For people who are here on Wednesday nights, you'll know this passage. In, in Luke 22, beginning at verse 31, and, and I, would love to, I would love to read to you all of Luke 22. Um, let, me, let me start at Luke 22, verse 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. 
And Judas went to the, high, to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. Now look at this. This made me cry. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. When I saw the word delighted, I, I circled it and I cried. When you read on down there, and when you get on down to verse 7, they have the Lord's Supper. They go through this, um, through the Lord's Supper and all of this. In verse 24, pick up at verse 24. Do you see it in verse 24? A dispute began to, uh, because Jesus made this statement. He said in verse 22, he said, The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They begin to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do such a thing. Verse 24, also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be what? Jesus is talking about going to the cross. They're talking about who's the greatest. Now watch this. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be the youngest. Jesus goes on down there, and I pick up at verse 29 for the sake of time. He said, and I confer on you a kingdom just, my, just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now watch the shift here on verse 31. Everybody, in fact, look this way. Here's Jesus talking, and he's talking to, he, he's, talking to he, he's about to be betrayed by Judas. He's given the Lord's Supper. He's washed their feet, served them the Lord's Supper. And as he's moving to a certain point, the disciples are arguing over who's the greatest. And Jesus tries to correct that thinking. And then in verse 31, he interrupts what he's saying, and he goes, and I'll let everybody look this way, because I want you to get the impact of this. He looks and goes, oh, oh, by the way, Peter, Satan and I had a conversation about you. Look at this. Look at verse 31. Simon, Simon, always be worried when Jesus calls you by your old name. Mostly when he does it twice. Simon, Simon, I love this. Who, who, who has to ask for permission? Satan. Satan is asked, never forget that. Whether you look at Job chapter 1 and 2, when, when you remember when Job was going to go through the testing and the trials, you know what? Satan had to wait in line, stand before God and ask permission, and then God always put the parameters and the boundaries. In verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you. Everybody listen. The word sift means to tear you apart, break you down. That's what Satan is wanting to do in your life and in my life. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Now watch this. But I have what? Julie, I love your grandson. He, he's perfectly at home here. He's fine. 
Satan is asked to sift you as wheat. But what does Jesus say? But I have prayed for you. Wow. John 17 says the Lord has prayed for us. And I love this. Watch what Jesus prayed. He said, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, to tear you down, to break you apart. He's trying to destroy you, Peter. I want you to understand that. Simon, look at me. Hear me. Satan is coming after you with everything he's got. But I've prayed for you. Simon, there's the old name the third time. <laughs> that your what? Your faith may not fail. Simon, I pray for you that your faith may not fail. Because see, that's what Satan goes after in your life. Understand this. Satan is going after your faith. If he can get you to doubt God, God's goodness, God's will, God's purpose, God's plan for your life, then that's all he needs to do. Let me tell you, everybody, listen. I never did that. It's one thing I didn't do. I mean, even when, the, even when it got rushing and you realize, uh-oh, Something's not going on good here. I, realized, I knew what it was. Something's not going well here. But let me tell you, I knew that Jesus was in the room. He was in the room. Sheila will tell you that. Hey, listen, at uh, Baptist Hospital at the Heart Center, the, one of the young ladies who's a member of Pine Lake, she smiled. She said, uh, I'm going to put some music on. I said, how about some worship music? So she put some worship music. The next thing, four or five of those in the heart cath are all singing, I can only imagine. Well, I'm thinking to myself, girls, I wish you could have found a different song because that's the song talking about going to, going to heaven. I can only imagine. But they're all just singing. I mean, four or five of them, they're just praying. And let me tell you something. You know what I love about Southside, black or white? You ever notice we're not racist when we get in those situations? We don't care whether the doctor's black, white. There was a precious girl there. Keisha. Keisha came down. She came down there to kick, get me. And, and she's an African-American, just beautiful girl. She just walked in there and she looked at me. Carl, she just looked at me and said, now let's go take care of this. Like we were going to put out the trash or something. I mean, you know. A from now on moment. Simon, Simon. Hey, Simon, look at me. Satan, Satan and I had a conversation a little while ago about you. And he asked me if he could sift you like wheat. Simon, so, you know what that means, don't you? That means he's going to knock the husk off of you. He's going to slap you around. He's going to really hurt you. He's going to try to tear you down. But Simon, hey, listen, Simon, don't be discouraged because I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. You're not going to doubt God. You're not going to doubt his goodness, his purpose, and his plan because God has a will and a purpose and a plan for your life. Let me tell you that. Did you hear that? God has a will and a purpose for every one of your lives. God has something that he wants you to do that nobody else can do. And how dare you frivolously throw your life away? Shame on you. God has a will and a purpose for that little blonde head running around here right now. God has a plan and a purpose. God has something that he's to do that nobody else can do. Right? Grandma, right? Yeah. And just like God has a purpose and a plan for that life, God has a purpose and a plan for every one of your lives. So Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, listen, 
I pray that your faith will not fail. Now listen to this. And when you come through this, everybody, what am I doing right now? And when you come through this, what do you do? Strengthen your brothers. I don't know about your health, but I would tell you something. Let me tell you, some of you, you are eating your way to death. It's time to get your health back. 2021 can be your from now on moment to where you say, I want to be healthy so that I can be here for a long time to do God's will. Will it be easy? It's not. Sheila's like, I love sweets. I got candy stashed away in my refrigerator now. I am a junk food nut. I love candy. I love sweets. Bring me a pecan pie, and I think I died and went to heaven. I love sweets. I love salt. Alicia, my daughter-in-law, messed me up. She salts everything, and I started doing that too. Now I'm walking around listening. I'm walking around looking at every label, and Sheila's going, you can't eat that. An egg white omelet? What Sheila's saying, it wasn't bad. She brought me a sandwich on bread. She said, this is a real healthy bread. I looked at her. I said, it tastes like cardboard. Listen, for you to get in the will of God, for you to get in God's will and do what God has called you to do may take a from, from now on moment. Have you had that? For Peter, this is it. I mean, the bottom line is, and you can go ahead and stand, the bottom line is, is that Peter had a from now on moment. Let me tell you what, you see, when Jesus is trying to talk to Peter, Peter's not listening, just like some of you may be. Peter's not listening, not paying attention. He knows more than Jesus. You ever think you know more than God? So Jesus tells Peter, he says, Peter, listen to me. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I pray for you that your faith will not fail and when you come through this, strengthen your brothers. You know what Peter says? Not me. Ain't gonna happen. You can depend on me, old pride, buddy. He thought he was somebody. The rest of these guys, they may betray you, they may deny you, but not me. You know what Jesus said? He said, Peter, look at me. Before the cock crows two times, before the cock crows twice, you will have denied me three times. He watches his best friend in the whole wide world. He watches his best friend in the whole world. He watches Jesus slapped, beat, and literally go through hell. And when the little maiden girl looks at Peter at a fireside and says, aren't you a friend of the Galilean? He said, no. Aren't you a friend of the Galilean? I think I've seen you with that group, aren't you? No. I know I've seen you. You are a friend of Jesus. 
I blankety blank no second time cock rose. You know what the Bible says? Judas hung himself. You know what the Bible says about Peter? The Bible said he went out and he wept bitterly. From now on. He had a from now on moment. He was afraid and frightened. Let me tell you what happens after the resurrection. He's preaching before everybody that he was once afraid of. And when they kill him, when Peter dies, listen closely. They first kill his wife and then they kill Peter. And you know what they do? They crucify him upside down because that's what Peter is. Do you know the Lord? Have you given your life to Christ? Because say thousands of generations, hey, hey, you'll be there one day. You know what got me? When I hugged her and just kind of hung on to her because, you know, heart cath, you never know. That kind of blockage, you don't know. One little, you know, you're gone. Left ventricle of your heart's out, you're gone, dead. You don't, you don't save somebody from the widow maker. When I was looking at her, I caught two six foot three sons on both sides of her, men of God. And that's all that I needed to remind me that if I go to be with Jesus, there is a legacy that's left that will carry on the fight. We never know what he may do. This beautiful little boy may one day be one of the most powerful individuals in all the world. We never know. Let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, we just come to you, and Lord, we love you and we praise you. Lord, just like you, Jackman, dear Lord, being told by those as a doctor not to get too riled up, not to get too excited, but there comes a point in the life of a man or a woman who's filled with the Holy Spirit that they just find, dear Lord, they just want to shout. They just want to sing. They just want to shout your word. And, and Lord, I thank you. A moment ago, we sung about the unfailing love. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, your love doesn't fail and that your mercy and your grace is far more than ours. Lord, I, I, heard, our, I heard our praise team talking about a young man concerned about his heart, concerned about his life. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know, God, that young man reached out to me when I was sick these last few days. Deep down, I know that he knows what's right. And I know that, Lord, in the end, that God, your grace and your mercy and your love is unfailing, that you love him and you went to the cross for him. And if he's listening right now, he may know I'm talking about him. And that, God, you have a plan and a purpose for his life. And so, Lord, I thank you, dear Lord, that your mercy, your grace, your goodness is beyond anything we could ever imagine. And I pray, dear Lord, if there's a man or a woman, a boy or girl here in this room right now or listening live stream, that they've never given their heart and life to you, I pray, dear Lord, today that they would do that. I ask, dear Lord, that you speak to hearts of people. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. You come. Maybe a good time for from now on moment. Maybe a time for you this last ending of 2020. Wow, what a year. What a year. What a great year to come this last Sunday and spend a moment at the altar and say, God, this is this is my from now on moment. God, I, I'm I'm leaving some things here. I want to serve you, God. Help me set some goals, some resolutions. Begin to understand and grasp God's will for your life. You come.